Hi. This is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 30, Time to Take Off the Jesus Training Wheels. Uh, Way back in episode 21 of this podcast, uh, which was entitled, Should Anyone Believe in Jesus?, I discussed how the revolutionary message that actually comes of the New Testament was the idea that everyone was imbued with the Holy Spirit and that we were all connected to God or in later views of the Trinity that we actually all are God. In this case, as I pointed out in that podcast, the story of Jesus does provide an example of human having divine character. But I also suggested that our subsequent cult of Jesus has obscured that message, the one that all of us are equal in God because Jesus is one of us raised above everyone in God. And that's a sad outcome. To my surprise, I received an email from one of my favorite uncles commenting on this particular podcast. I was first surprised that he knew how to email. Then I became more surprised that he'd actually listened to one of my podcasts, which led to even more surprise the idea that anyone actually listened to my podcast. Anyway, in this email, he said he agreed with me that we are just as much God as Jesus was. But he disagreed with my point that we didn't need Jesus anymore because he thought we needed Jesus to show us the way. Let me clarify my point I was making at that time. My point was the idea of dual humanity and divinity does come out of the stories of Jesus. But that doesn't require that he actually existed. Could be a parable. Because the dual humanity and divinity is in all humans, and it precedes Jesus and follows him. So we don't really need Jesus, was my point. But after this last Easter, where I was inundated with a whole bunch of annoying messages, I actually want to step forward and make a stronger claim. And that claim is this. The continued exaltation and obsession with Jesus is keeping us from having the religion many of us want. Jesus may have been the training wheels to get us here, but we're now twisting ourselves into self-deception and rhetorical nonsense to match the New Testament and the Jesus cult with the religious doctrines we actually want, the religion most of us actually want and need. For example, one of the messages I saw on Easter claimed that we can look at the New Testament and writings of the period 2,000 years ago historically and see the truth that Jesus was a real person who claimed to be God and in fact was crucified because of this claim of being God. According to this message, if this is true, and we know it is according to the message, then there are three possibilities. One, Jesus was lying, two, Jesus was insane, or three, Jesus was telling the truth. The message claimed that we obviously can't, uh, it can't be true that Jesus was lying or insane because Jesus was a cool dude. So it has to be that he was telling the truth. I'm paraphrasing here. Anyway, the result of this message is that here's the good news. We now all can have a personal connection with God. I understand that the author of this post wants to be happy about a relationship with God. But if you first try to convince me that I have to believe in the historical account of Jesus, then please get it right. First of all, Jesus only claims to be God in the Gospel of John, the last of the the Gospels to be written about 60 years after his death. 
Jesus doesn't make this claim in the three earlier gospels. And also, he wasn't crucified for saying he was God. He was crucified by the Romans for treason. This is because of the claim that he was the Messiah. Now, many people think that the Messiah means God or Son of God or the coming of God, but that's not what it actually means. It comes from Hebrew for anointed one. And it comes from the Old Testament in which God makes a promise to David to keep somebody of David's line as the king of Israel. And the kings of Israel are anointed with oil to become kings. Ergo, claiming to be Messiah is claiming to be king of the Jews. The Romans didn't give a shit if you said you were God. They were pagans. They believed in a shitload of gods. Some of them were demigods or human gods. That's fine. But if you claim that you are king of the Jews, then that's a call out to the emperor of the Roman Empire, over which dominated over Israel, and you're punished. Claiming to be your God to the Romans is like claiming today to be Beyonce. I am Beyonce. Who cares? But if you claim you're the president of the United States when you're not, we have a problem. Ask Donald Trump. He was impeached for it. Anyway, the problem is that the person who posted this message wants to believe in salvation for individuals and a personal relationship with God. Cool. But the historical nonsense about Jesus just gets in the way of your message. I know you want to have a personal relationship with God and gain salvation through that relationship. You don't have to make it a threesome. Uh, Which brings me to a book I am currently reading, uh, more accurately dragging my ass through, called The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan friar who makes millions of dollars writing illogical drivel. But this book includes a shout-out from Bono, of you too, or is it Bono? How could I, I've listened to him for 30 years, I don't know if it's Bono or Bono. Anyway, Buono, on the front cover, says he couldn't put this book down, so maybe it's really good. Richard Rohr's main premise in the book, The Universal Christ, is actually in agreement with my previous podcast, and that is that the real message of Jesus Christ is that we are all divine, and that humanity has never been separate from God. He goes further to say that God exists in and as every element of nature. Every bunny, every flower, every rainbow. Every time he has to make lists of what God is, it's all these pretty things we like. Makes me want to ask him, uh, is God also in every bacteria, every blood-sucking leech, every genetically modified soybean? Anyway, for Richard Rohr, these dual messages of a universal God in nature and humans means that we need to love every other person equally on the planet because we are all in unity with the universal God. And we have to stop polluting and we have to stop climate change because the planet is God. Thus the Bono shutout. Of course, It's difficult to understand why if God is also carbon dioxide, it matters if God is carbon dioxide in the ground or in the air, but I digress. Anyway, most people would find that message appealing. Love everyone because we are all God and God is in nature. Yes, honestly, he could have written this as a three-page pamphlet, but instead he rambles on for over 250 pages. Why? Why? Because he has to convince us 
and himself, I think, that the way to this basic knowledge is through Jesus, and that this was Jesus' message all along, despite every piece of evidence since then that the church and the New Testament have led to division between people. Rohr's attempt to show that this was Jesus' Jesus's meaning is amazingly unsuccessful. He starts by reminding us that Jesus' last name wasn't Christ. No shit. Michael Jackson's last name wasn't the King of Pop. Richard Rohr claims that Christ refers to the fact that Jesus was, is, and will be for all eternity God. No, that's not. Christ comes from uh, the Greek referring to the anointed one. Yes, the same thing as the Hebrew-derived Messiah. They both refer to the coming of the king of the Jews. But regardless, the problem is Richard Rohr wants a temporally infinite, universal God who belongs to everyone. Great. Problem. Jesus was peculiarly finite in time, distinct in location, and culturally associated with a small group of people. There's a reason we have BC and AC in our calendar, because Jesus was a temporally finite event in a locally finite place, in a, the, which is why we have the holy city of Jerusalem, and in a specific cultural realm, which is why we have to call ourselves by a sect as Christians. I mean, this Jesus person is everything you don't want in your religion, Dick Roar. <laughs> Dick Roar. I'm going to use that to describe ejaculations from now on. Anyway, Richard Rohr claims, and we hear this all the time from our annoying newborn friends, that the only way we can reach our salvation and love with God is through Jesus Christ. So, of course, you're left with some obvious questions like, well, what about the people who came before Jesus? The BCers couldn't have salvation. And there was more time when humans existed before Christ than after Christ. That seems like a raw deal. But Richard Rohr understands this problem. And so he suggests in this book that if the people before Christ actually lived by natural law, meaning they didn't hurt other people or bunnies, then they were living in Christ and were saved. What the fuck? Then why do we need Jesus? If you just if the natural law was always there, then we always knew this. And Richard, what about those people who seem to be amazingly moral people who came after Christ and would know about him, but didn't accept his truth? Like say Anne Frank. Well, this butt munch in this book actually refers to these people and in particular to a Jewish woman who died in the Holocaust, who wrote some things, he refers to them as anonymous Christians. Holy shit. If that is not the most condescending and disgusting disrespect to their humanity, I don't know what it is. Except maybe the uh, secret baptisms in Mormonism conducted on behalf of dead non-Mormons. The point is that most reasonable people agree on the basis of what they want their religion to be, what they need their religion to be. We want it to be the case that every human has individual worth 
and can be in the spirit of God regardless of whether they ever heard of some dude in Galilee. We want it to be a moral good that we treat each other with respect. We want to believe that we are witness to something spiritual when we see a bunny or a flower or hear Jimi Hendrix. Oh shit, I forgot about, yeah, we want God to inspire art, all art, even if it's not drawings of him, her, they. Sorry, God forgot to give me his card with his pronouns on it. But look, Jesus, Jesus didn't even play guitar or paint or cook oak cuisine. Unless you count gathering fish and loaves as cooking. He made cupboards. When's the last time you looked at a cupboard and said, I see the hand of God in this. You mostly say, you know, the stain on these cupboards make the kitchen too dark. We need to do a full remodel. If you ask anyone who claims to be spiritual but hates religion and ask them what they believe in, that will be the list. It'll be... God's in nature, God's in everyone, love everyone, try not to hurt people, bunnies are cool. Art is something that brings out God. And not just spiritual people, but even people who are in religions, including Christianity, but are not, are not radical, they'll come up with that same list. So here's an idea. Let's start there. That can, we can have that religion. Bono can add saving the beluga whale or whatever he needs, but none of us would have to, if we were given the choice, would not start with, what I want is for all of my theological decisions and thoughts to be directed by some Jewish guy 2,000 years ago with an apocalyptic view of the coming of God's retribution. And yes, Jesus was an apocalyptic preacher. Read your Bible. And if he was around today, we would laugh at his cue and nonsense. Now, I understand this is not easy to do. I was raised a Christian. I was an altar boy who went to a Christian grade school. I went to a Christian high school. My first job as a professor was a fucking Jesuit university. I'm a little uncomfortable about saying these things. I keep thinking I'm going to get a bolt of lightning in the ass. But we have to say it. It's time to retire Jesus from Christianity and, in fact, retire Christianity. We have a set of beliefs that are beautiful and make us into the people we want to be. Trying to shoehorn Jesus and the Old and New Testaments into these beliefs just leads to confusion. Speaking of confusion, the other messages I got on Easter were all pictures of people's Easter feasts with decked out tables featuring crosses and bunnies and colored eggs. Come on, man. You have to know that the bunnies and the eggs are from pagan worship, right? And this refers to the feast of Eostor, where the word comes from, who was the goddess of spring and fertility. Her spirit animal was the bunny because they fuck a lot. And eggs, of course, refer to fertility. You're going to put a, a bunch of symbols of fertility on the table next to the cross, the death instrument used to kill a virgin man who was born to a virgin woman in order to celebrate his resurrection. Really? That's confusing. Crosses? Uh, why not statues of his resurrected body or empty tombs or something? I don't know if you know this, but the cross was the bad part of that story. That's like celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day by wearing a necklace with a 30-odd-six shell on it. Pass the tequila. Out! <laughs>